Yes, you're gonna have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do, I know what you do, so keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. I don't want to cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just want to live my life. But I Welcome back. HBI no podcast, health, business, and in between. And the gents are back on deck. Uh, depending on when this comes out, you can timestamp it because uh, there are two new babies in the house. Um, and we're not talking about potentially what Dan's been up to, but uh, <laughs> the gentlemen yeah. in, the, in the group have, uh, I've got a new little boy, Tommy, and uh, young Ben, uh, do you want to announce to the world your, uh, your arrival as well? Yeah, Kieran is my boy. So I noticed Thomas or Tom? Just Tommy. Just Tommy. Don't Tommy. That's a cool don't name, bro. With any of those other bullshit names. Um, apologies if your name is Tom or Thomas right now, but bullshit. <laughs> um, and I noticed you uh, you took over to the more Irish spelling of Kieran there, Ryan. I mean, uh, Ben. Hey, the Celtic. Yeah, my grandfather's surname's Kieran. He's around still. He's eighty nine, but yes. he had three daughters. And his name sort of dies out with my mum's generation. And, and they all obviously married and took their husband's surname. Yeah. So I thought I'd bring back a bit of a family name and honour my grandfather and his, his little bloodline. Right, you're gonna, you've just entitled him to an entire lifetime of people spelling his name wrong. Um, and is uh, entitled to a favourite favorite great-grandchild straight away. Inheritance is coming down the pipeline hard. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the business part of today and how to keep your business open gets weed inheritance. But yeah. inherit the money is easier. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. uh, now, today, very special one today, we are talking all things, I know this is a bit of a tangent, hematomas and uh, as a secondary note to that, country practice. So obviously this is a pressing thing that I'm going to let uh, Ben run through in a moment but his brother is currently dealing with an issue with the hematoma. So we thought we'd talk, you know, bruising hematomas, when it's serious, when it's not, healing expectations. And then, of course, which was very poignant on this story and a story for my own stepfather is country management. And, you know, as a health practitioner in a more regional setting where you may have to not so much go out of scope, but take on things that usually you would be able to refer out more easily. So with that in mind, Ben, why don't you uh, set the clinical scene for us? All right. My brother, three weeks ago, you know, soccer grand final, they came runners up, but they were the underdogs, so he was happy with that. Anyway, copped a high-velocity knee to the quad, <coughs> and he didn't think it was that bad at the time, but he played on the next year 60 minutes, which I think is where the damage was done before he had to be taken off because it was just too sore. Anyway... Lo and behold, he's been he's up in Port Macquarie, which is up in northern New South Wales, along the coast. So it's a long way from Melbourne. He's been messaging me, sort of sending me a few photos. I sort of didn't think it was that serious, neither did he. Not until he sort of told me last week, he goes, oh, I can only bend my knee still to about 45 degrees knee flexion before it sort of really pulls on my quad and refers pain down to his knee. So it's, it's around the VMO, Rec Fem, Prosartorius. Anyway, it's quite big. Three weeks old. Um, it's probably the size of my palm. It's quite firm, quite long. Anyway, it's, it's sort of really restricting his range of motion. It's still quite sore. He can't bend his knee. So, you know, any task that revolves involves bending his knee, like he, that car, in and out of the car, whatever it may be. So he, I said, look, you need to go get an ultrasound uh, x-ray and then go see a sports doctor because hopefully that's still soft enough to get aspirated. 
So he went in up in Port Macquarie. It's no small town. It's like 50,000 people. And I think there must have a population explosion because he, he went to GP, got an ultrasound. The earliest ultrasound he get in was three weeks away. And then he, he wanted to get into a see a sports physician. It was a seven-week wait as well. So he texted me and, and called me and just said, look, I can't get in for like to a sports doctor for seven more weeks. And he's like, I'm not putting up with this for another seven weeks. And we, as we all know, hematomas can be quite time sensitive on the um, sort of how the solidity, if that's a word, how, how solid and the fluidity of, of the hematoma, like when it can be aspirated, when it can't. And aspiration is when they obviously, they'll pull fluid out of the body. Anyway, I just said, because I've got a good relationship with a sports doc down here, I said, hey, to, to Peter Lewis, Dr. Peter Lewis, he's, he's the goat. I said, my brother's got this. Can you help? He's like, yep get down immediately come see me straight after he gets after the flight uh he saw he saw the sports doc sport doc goes out oh, we need to it's too hard too woody he goes i'm, I'm worried it might be myositis ossificans where there's some for calcification forming in the, in the muscle tissue fascial tissue connective tissue and he's as we speak he's um getting an x-ray ultrasound on, on the, the quad and then we'll go back to the sports doctor this afternoon just to, just to and, and at the radiology clinic, the radiologist will see if he can aspirate as well for him. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, that's sort of where we're at right now. And then the, the following interventions will proceed tonight. Yeah. Nice. So obviously really good sort of clinical case for people because, you know, these things do come through the door. I've seen a couple in my career as well. I mean, it's not a common occurrence, but rare, yeah. But- like you said, Ben, I think just before we started that ironically you'd seen three and like one of them was literally two weeks ago. So they do three and seven years. Yeah, in the last they, three weeks. <laughs> they do pop up, right? And obviously is, you know, for those who aren't aware really well or don't remember back to uni for my ossification, we're looking at, you know, calcification ossification of that hematoma within the muscle mass most commonly occurring around that hip quad region. And one of the major issues obviously is, you know, if you're going to end up with essentially a bony mass in there, you're going to get quite potentially quite significant limitations on function through the region. And again, I'm running on a bit of memory here, but surgery for it is a living nightmare from memory because of the way it forms within the tissue, right? So usually it's not able to be removed or easily removed. So there's further complications there, right? And so as we sort of you have alluded to now, if it's managed early, we minimize this risk very quickly, right? So I think this should be taken where bruising should be taken seriously with, you know, especially direct contact. Mm. There should have at least been an instigation of like standard sort of, I guess, bruising or hematoma management, right? Because if that had been done, the risks of this are far less. So, to not let him get off the hook and because I see he's just chomping at the bit in the corner here. Dan, do you like you've got someone who's come in, you know, Ben's brother's just come in with you. What are you telling him in terms of general management? You know, what are you doing? What's home management? I've actually never seen one of these, eh? Oh. Rare. I saw so, one on placement in my third year, yeah. actually. That was nine years ago. One of the things we learned about at uni, but I mean, like, I would just be doing obviously number one, do no harm, and then I guess we'd just be trying to promote some basic recovery i'd probably get him to do some gentle movement maybe a bit of like contrast therapy a bit of lymphatic work like just some self stuff that you could do try and create some movement and fluid around the area but like to be honest yeah it's not something i've really seen much of at this point in time maybe i have to wait a few more years till i'm uh, ben's agency three in two weeks 
What about um, <laughs> rice? Would you rice or not? What parts would, of rice would you do what you wouldn't do? I would like contrast therapy more so than rice. Like I'd like doing alternate just from a lymphatic perspective, get some blood flow pumping in the air rather than doing one or the other. I mean, I guess what? like rice, you know. What is contrast? I don't even know. Like hot cold. So hot like, cold. Yeah. Okay. So I have a hot cold if they don't have access to anything. This like hot cold packs would be fine. I would just go like shorter durations, shorter intervals, like three to five minutes with one and alternate three to five rounds. Or if they've got access to it, then they could obviously do like the pools or like a shower and a bath. But in the easiest way for most people would just be hot and cold contrast. So cool. And then something else I like, I don't know if you guys have used much. Have you used floss bands before? Yeah. Like the compression floss bands? Yeah, like compression floss bands can be good as well just for a little bit of like mfr and some blood flow as well so that'd be some like things i prescribe short term when people come in with issues that are just like obviously not going to resolve themselves straight away but some ways to do some short-term management yeah yeah great. like like uh, i think i'm going to jump back on something that ben just said a moment ago like i had i now like obviously rice has recently been more replaced with the peace and love acronym which listen better but made it way harder to remember stuff but I think you're right. Like, obviously, first thing in office, you've got to see, you've obviously got to get an accurate diagnosis of what's going on, make sure there's no avert other issues. But from then on, you know, like you said, what is tolerable? So it's based soft tissue work through the region, you know, a bit of effleurage stuff, trying to move fluid through is definitely going to be an option. Assess rate surrounding tissues. And then homework, like you said, it's going to be the basics, right? And again, it'll depend on what's tolerable, but generalised movement, you know, a bit of compression is definitely not going to hurt the region if it can go through there. Uh, it's good. Yeah, a bit of, like you said, hot, cold. I mean, most of what we're seeing is going to be dependent on personal preference. But again, in terms of like fluid movement, we probably want more heat than otherwise, but then that's where contrast can be good because you sort of heat up and go down. And then I think, you know, just the structure of like elevation at night is probably a real nice one as well in those early stages. I mean, if we look at that piece of love acronym, and I've literally got it written down in front of me because I don't want to butcher this because you've got to remember. So it's like, you know, so protect, elevate, avoid anti-inflammatories if anything early on. Though there is there is some evidence on this from yeah. some of the stuff I've chatted to a few surgeons as well around this. And it's like, it's the long-term maximal healing that can be delayed with anti-inflammatories, not so much the short-term. So again, depends where we're at, what's going on. Again, compression education. So education, I think, is the key, most key bit we can do in the early phase is this stuff about what they can do, what's going on, and what to look out for so we know whether we're going into something, you know, more significant, right? And then if we move on from there to that love section, so we, we go towards reloading, optimism around what they can do, vascularization and exercise which you know i feel like there's a lot of double ups in there but it's what we just talked about with almost most injuries it's like this is what we think is going on this is our worst case scenario it's unlikely this is what you can do in the meantime to minimize that this is what we're looking out for let's set a graded plan back right and this is probably when you were discussing before country practice where it can be an issue right because there's a high volume of people even though it's not you're seeing with a low volume of practitioners um and again n equals one my experience with more regional outlets is you're seeing to get a lot of semi-retired practitioners that perhaps are not as uh up to date is the word i'm going to use with uh interested yeah interested and so and also like fair play to them there's such a high volume of crew 
they're trying to do, you know, full evaluation diagnosis in under five to seven minutes, right? Which is standard for most GPs, which is a real heart like if so something that is as uncommon as, you know, a mycelosophy cancer, they're probably going to slide that one through. So that's the unfortunate thing where the patient needs to be more aware. And that's where, you know, us allied health practitioners, perosteophysio, myo, like we can have a larger impact if people are coming to us because we're more aware of this. We understand the basic musculoskeletal healing properties. And we also can then send, you know, to a GP with a note being like, hey, I am concerned about this. Can you look at this quicker and can we speed this process up? All right? Yeah, agreed. I think <clears throat> touching back on some like, I think a case like this is the consequences can be quite of great magnitude if they are missed. So as I said, my brother's three weeks down the track, you know, in the in the quad and he still only has 45 degrees knee extension, a knee flexion from obviously zero degrees fully extended. So quite um disabling really i'd say but as nate said so i think any nasty blunt trauma and, and corky i think in my sort of scope now is like fuck this could actually turn into something quite bad so it's it's something that most the general public will probably not take very seriously anyway because it's like oh it's just a corky it'll go away because most times they do but um in the odd case that it does is quite bad bruising swelling really sore then it's potentially likely to be enough trauma to create um you know some additional reinforcement of connective tissue through some calcification and as nay said once it sort of turns to be calcific what do you do then because if it calcifies yeah. it's, it's never nice it might be through muscle tissue might be in fascial tissue might be across different compartments it's just like shit this is ugly and it's in a bad spot and there's meant to be soft tissue in these areas, not hard tissue. So the flexibility of the connective tissue, the function like is severely sort of um, hamstrung, I guess, or, or um, yeah. reduced. So back to, as Nate said, so the boys were right. Yeah. You would promote a lot of vascular lymphatic sort of flow and stimulus, and you would just encourage, you know, touch weight bearing or whatever is tolerated, gentle stretches, et cetera, et cetera. So I think as what I've seen personally, these problems aren't like I saw a dude again three weeks after it, and he saw a GP and then he saw a surgeon. So this guy actually went straight to a surgeon because he was he went to emergency and then got referred off to an orthopedic surgeon. Another guy I saw two weeks ago, he's as nasty as bruising, huge hematoma, massive. And the surgeon goes, wait another six weeks and then I'll I'll, I'll review it again. And I said to this bloke, I said it's three weeks is already hard. And Peter Lewis described yeah. it well, it's a woody feeling, like it's a hardening yeah. feeling. I said to this bloke, I said, it's quite time sensitive. I said, you should go get it aspirated or try to get it aspirated as soon as possible. The guy's like, oh, you know, personal life, rah, rah, rah. I might try to get it the week after. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'd actually really encourage you to get it done as soon as possible. But the surgeon said, I'll see you in six weeks if it's if it's still a problem. I was like, and that was that was six or seven weeks from me. Yeah. six weeks so that was like a week after it happened so that that wasn't until a seven week mark as well so i think it might be just poorly managed in general because they're so rare well i think like on that note like and again all fair play to the surgeon like i'm not haven't seen this person that but like the problem is if you review that in six weeks and it's gone poorly that guy's now fucked like yeah. i can't say like that it was like it's this like, big, like the size like, of my hand. Yeah, like, like she'll be right out of two day until it's not. Yeah, right. it's, <laughs> it's like it's like come to me when Wait I can see a almost, sucks. Yeah, it's almost like let's see. Like 
I hate to generalize this, but it's like, I'm a surgeon. I can't cut this yet. Come to me if maybe I can cut it, right? Like it's, it, <laughs> I just don't, like the wait and see approach in general is a terrible idea, right? Like, and it's just, especially with something like that, that can have such a far reaching effect. A natural healing, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm glad, and like, and then ironically, like, then you get the problem is you then get the patient that's like, well, the surgeon seemed to think it was that big a deal. Yeah. I'll just wait, right? And I'll you're like, it out. Yeah. It'll heal sideways. Yeah. And then as a practitioner, you get caught in this awkward, like, dichotomy of like, not, you know, we just saw some piece of love, optimize uh, optimism, right? Like, trying to be optimistic around it for them and not catastrophize it, but make them understand the seriousness of it, right? Where it's just like, oh, maybe I'll do it the week after. It's like, sweet, you can do that. You may also never move your leg properly again. Yeah. I, I so, of, yeah, it's quite serious, man. Like, my brother yeah. was, like, seriously, like, quite athletic and shit. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And I was talking to Peter yesterday about it, and he was like, he didn't seem optimistic at all. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Because it might be too far gone. I'm That's like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's going to stay there. My brother's like, what the heck? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Just there, I was like, I wonder if something like a shockwave would be useful in like this kind of phase, right? Like, mm. I mean, again, I, I have, I'm going to full transparency. If there's anyone listening to does shockwave, I have zero and sweet FA under, like understanding of how it works. I've definitely sent people for it. So hands up in the air and owning that one. But like, it seems plausible to me that that could be something, you know, if, if I was desperate and I had this going on, I'd roll the dice on it. It's not going to do any harm, right? So at the end of the day, if the only harm is to your wallet, it's not a real It's not real harm. So Yeah, you can recover from that. Yeah, that could be my thing. So I think, listen, there's, there's two separate things that need to be, I guess, the crux of today in this sort of short and sweet attack. Number one is, you know, you need accurate diagnosis, accurate understanding of a pathology, and then accurate explanation to the client of what's going on what's going on and you know we we're seeing the issues with a regional health system which i guess is the second thing here is is if you're a regional practitioner you have to take more ownership of your client's health than you would normally right like and this was when i was in south america man we managed things that i would go nowhere near in australia right like we like to appoint managed fractures we manage all sorts of different like musculoskeletal issues but to the point because the medical system was so poor down there that, you know, walking into a hospital could be a death sentence Shit. in a lot of stages we, that people were afraid to go there, right? And so, as you know, that's Imagine an extreme. That. Yeah. Imagine that. The place you, you think you need to go to get help. It's like, I'd rather, like, risk not going to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> that's Mate, pretty fucked up. Some hectic shit down there, right? Um, so, again, very extreme example, but... In regional centres, like we said, there's huge timeframes, there's a lack of, you know, potentially trained people. And then also, you know, fair play to the country folk, they tend to be a hard group of crew that are like, unless the arm's falling off, I'm not going to go do something about it. Like, my, I was telling the story just before that my stepfather, they farmed bison out in Corion and got thrown by one and dragged and took a bit of bark off and they went in and were like, ah, oh, we won't x-ray it. And come back to Perth and we x-rayed him, you know, six weeks later and the radius is fully snapped through and now formed it like reformed through deformity wow. he's still going through rehab with it now but like he was on chainsaws and everything with a fully broken forearm just being like oh it's probably oh. just the ligament it needs to heal up right so it's fucking tough bro 
<laughs> there is this, like, you know, we've Thank talked you. about this before about like we don't don't want to over um, image people, but I feel like we're seeing what we always see where people counter swing so hard where they're not imaging people that should be imaged, <laughs> right? So probably like if the juice, like if the if the risk is minimal, just send for a scan, you, man. That doesn't like, hurt. It, it's not good. Like it's not going to hurt, right? And it's not like anyone who's run an X-ray. It takes about four and a half seconds to quickly. Like, I mean, my stepfather's. You could have taken like zero setup and just pumped it through, and you would have seen the break. Right? Yeah. Like, so let's uh, let's behave a little bit. So listen, hopefully for your brother, we're going to see some positive out like outcomes. All right, we'll do a part two. And, yeah, so we'll do a part two, and we'll definitely have a chat about it. But it's definitely an important one for us to really like, you know, as practitioners that we get taught these things because they do exist, right? Like every so often something weird's going to walk into that office and you need to, at the bare minimum, even if you're not managing it, need to be able to make sure that person is going to the right place and looked after, right? So Mm -hmm. I think if we roll it in today, we said support, but don't sugarcoat things when there can be a serious return and don't just wait and see. And if you are regional, make sure you're on top of things and you have your, you know, your referral outlets and your direct lines of communication with the practitioners open so you can get the best outcomes for people. Yeah, the wait, yeah. The wait and see is the worst thing last year. Yeah. Huh? Well, you're broken, then come see me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point to end on. And I agree 100%, but um, not but, and. <laughs> but it's just the, um, the urgency because... So we, we, we have had podcasts where we've said, you know, scan it if you have to. But in my opinion, like as Nay said, if, there's, if the risk is minimal, ultrasound and a X-ray radiation is not going to kill you. But for what it might save you in the long, long run, it is huge. So as a health professional, you, you have that uh, authority figure in that person's life and they're going to listen to what you have to say. So I think, you know, in my brother's circumstance, like it, I don't know how well it could have been managed differently, except he's had to fly down to Melbourne to try to get treatment. So sometimes I guess if things aren't shaping up and your intuition tells you it's a bit fucked, <laughs> get you some help. Yeah. Lean out the other way, right? Fucks like a duck. It's usually the duck. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, right, that was a good one. Thank you, team, as always. We really appreciate you listening in and please, you know, grab the screenshot, share it up, tag us in. We love to be able to support everyone. I've been chatting a couple of Correction New Zealand and helping them out. So if you have questions, concerns, let us know. But please give us that five-star review as well so we can make sure that more people are seeing what's going on because obviously our goal is to empower healthcare so we get better results for everybody. So, lads, it's a pleasure. I'll see you next week. Cool. Thank you, guys. See you, lads.